Cairo. Feast. Take a bite out of Dr. Jeff's wisdom so you can pay it forward. Come and get it. Cairo Feast is online and we are ready to serve. I am excited to talk to you today because I am going to be in your face. And when you are ready to feast, I'm going to be in your face because we're going to talk about whining. Whiner, quit whining. Get a new perspective. So when you talk about food, right? I mean, this is easy. We just jump right in and talk about when you're at a restaurant, is your food a little too salty? Is it just a little bit too cold? Does it not taste exactly the way you thought it would taste because you saw the picture in the menu and you thought it was going to taste a certain way and then it didn't? I don't know. Are you whining or you do, do you just have a different expectation? Now, being the owner of a few restaurants, I understand the expectation. And even myself, I, when I'm dining out anywhere... I have an expectation, and it's okay if you don't like the wine that you're spending $10 a glass on or whatever it might be. If it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't fit, then, you know, send it back. You know, it's okay, but you don't have to whine about it because there's a difference between an expectation and whining about it. So buckle up because we're going to go on a little trip here to talk about whining, and I am going to be vulnerable enough to start with me, because two years ago, I injured my shoulder, and I have not had an MRI of this shoulder, um, but it was uh, taking a big swing playing softball, and doggone, if, if it didn't drop me to my knees, I believe that I tore some of the cartilage in my shoulder, the little pad of cartilage that uh, protects the joint in there. And I literally could not use that shoulder much at all for the next few weeks. And, you know, I was at that point in my life, I was, I was doing a lot of CrossFit type workouts, uh, which involves a lot of pull-ups. Um, I couldn't do a pull-up, I mean, to save my life. I mean, there's just no way. Um, I'm a water skier. This happened, of course, in the summer in Minnesota, playing softball, so I couldn't water ski anymore. Um, and certainly, I couldn't swing a softball bat anymore. So, I mean, my life was crashing down on me because I couldn't do these things that I loved to do. And then I saw a video of a man who had no arms. And I gained perspective because here I am whining about which side I can sleep on comfortably at night because one shoulder hurts more than the other one. And I've got a person over here who's not whining and he has no arms. Right? And so that was two summers ago. Now, last summer, and of course, this happened in the middle of a pandemic. This was 2020. Um, I'm a runner. And I was out for a run, and it was all of a sudden pouring rain. 
And I stopped at one point just to get out of the rain because I was running through huge puddles. Uh, it was coming down so hard. And uh, when I started up running again, something just wasn't right. And by the time I got home, another couple miles, I got home and it just, my knee was not right. And sure enough, over the next couple days, it got worse and worse. I ended up having to get an MRI and uh, two weeks later, three weeks later or so, um, I was having surgery on a torn meniscus. A piece of cartilage had broken off in my knee and that piece had gotten folded back into the knee. So every time I stepped down, the two bones were crushing this chunk of cartilage that was torn and you know sitting in, in the joint. And so I couldn't run. And once again, here I was complaining about the fact that now I cannot go for a run until I saw someone who couldn't walk. And it's humbling to be put in a place where you're dropped to your knees asking for forgiveness. God, forgive me for being so self-centered and self-focused that the little things that I love to do so much are affecting me and my attitude. And when it affects my attitude, it affects how I speak to people, how I interact with my my teammates and my staff at, at different uh, businesses and my patients who I love. And when it's affecting how I react and speak to other people, it is affecting my impact that I can have on other people. And that's wrong. It's wrong. Or how about this one? The rigorous work schedule. I, <clears throat> I've got a nutty work schedule. Um, I mean, I, I can have days that are 16 to 18 hours in a day uh, working. Um, I've got other days that are not nearly that bad. Uh, but sometimes I feel the load and, and shoulder the, the weight of too many different things. And I whine and I complain to myself and to my family who, you know, maybe they're getting sick of listening to me about the workload. And then you hear about a person who's in prison who would love nothing more to, but to get out and go to work. That sounds really good to them. The freedom to have a job, to be employed, to be able to get a paycheck Sometimes we need to change our perspective. And recently, I've been with my dad. My dad is almost 81. And I am recording this down in Florida, in the Tampa area. And I've been visiting him because for the last 10 days, he's been in the hospital uh, with COVID pneumonia. And here is a, uh, a man who, I mean, I've looked up to all my life because he's my dad. And strength and resolve and skill. He was a, a high-level athlete, NCAA uh, baseball pitcher. Uh, you know, he, he, there wasn't a sport that he couldn't play. I mean, I, 
I hated the fact that he could beat me in everything when I was a kid. And it was everything I could do to eventually beat him in a, in a round of golf, in a racquetball game. And I even remember those days when I finally beat him and I, maybe he let me win. I don't know. But uh, this high-level athlete is sitting in front of me at 81, struggling to take a breath. And even on a day that I was sitting next to him with a sliding glass door in between us because, of course, the hospital would not allow me to be inside with him. But as I'm on one side of the glass and he's on the other, I see him struggling for a breath. And that's where he was at that moment. And later in the day, in the evening, in order for me to decompress and process what what's going on I went for a five and a half mile run where I probably took 10,000 breaths that were a hundred times deeper and more successful than the breaths that he was trying to take and was struggling and it's about perspective what does it mean to take a breath Humbling. Humbling. So I ask you, dear listener, what is it that you're whining about? Huh? What's on your mind? What are, what are you complaining about these days? And do you need to do a little self-check? Do you need to get perspective? I think it's probably accurate do you whine about having to get up too early to go to work? Maybe your car's not fancy enough. Somebody else has a, a car that's a little fancier. Or maybe a friend of yours goes on a nicer vacation than you. Oh, poor you. You don't get an, as nice a vacation. Or maybe the number of new patients that you're getting in your clinic is not as high as what you see other people doing. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. None of it matters. None of it matters. So let's get a little workshop out of this. So let me, let me give you seven tips to help you gain perspective in your life and in your business. What are some things that you can do to help yourself gain perspective? Number one, talk to your coach, okay? And yes, this is a little commercial for myself. If you don't have a coach and you need one, call me. Talk to me. I am willing to walk through life with you. You need that. I need that. I have three coaches on my payroll that coach me on different portions of business and life that I deal with. I have three coaches. Do you have one? Do you have two? Call me. Let me help you. I am invested in your success. But here's the deal. When I have an issue, when I need perspective, I call one of my coaches. I talk to one of my coaches and I, I ask them, you know, how do you deal with this? I need a fresh perspective. I need some fresh ideas. You have to realize that you don't have to do life. You don't have to do business alone. Even if finding the solution is your responsibility and make a, de a decision, there's nothing wrong with asking for some input from another person just by saying, hey, 
If this was your situation, how would you handle this? Where would you start? What would be your top three things that you would do in this situation? A good coach will be able to answer those. If they cannot answer that and walk through that with you, you need a new coach. Fire your coach. Because you need somebody that is focused on you, that can step into your shoes and give you advice from their perspective, from a different viewpoint. Okay? So number one is talk to your coach. Number two, walk away. (laughs) Sleep on it. Sometimes you just got to stop for a moment. Okay? So no, you're not giving up. You're you're simply stepping away from the problem for a while, whatever that issue might be. Instead of banging your head against the wall and bang and continue to bang your head against the wall, try just letting go and do something new while your mind keeps chipping away in the background. It's amazing. The, The subconscious mind actually has an incredible ability to solve problems on its own. You know, that's that's why people say, you know what, let's sleep on this. Interestingly enough, one of the things that's happened to me over the last few years is that I have found that there is a time frame in the morning, and it's usually like between 4 and 6 a.m. when I'm kind of 30% awake. It's weird. Uh, I'm awake, but I'm not. And my brain goes into problem solving with something that I'm actually dealing with. It might be a a human resources issue or it might be a a new business uh, tactic or uh, a financial thing that I'm uh, wrestling with. And my brain is problem solving. And I, I have had some really cool solutions to problems come to me in that two hour window between four and 6 a.m. when I'm like 70% asleep. It's bizarre. But sometimes just saying, you know what, I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm going to sleep on it. Um, and here's where all of you can relate. Uh, I, I know most of you probably have a game on your phone. I have a handful of games most of them are ones that challenge my brain because I always feel like there has to be some kind of a goal <laughs> to these little games on your phone. So I've got ones that like challenge my brain, like whether it be word finds or uh, spatial, you know, uh, games that challenge like uh, recognizing patterns and things like that. And uh, there's a crossword game that I that I do. And ask yourself this: Have you ever been stuck with one of those games? Like literally for the last 10 minutes, you just can't find the last word or figure out the last sentence or whatever stage, you just can't get past it. And so you just say, that's enough. You put it down, you put it to rest. And then the next day you come back to it, like middle of the day or something like that. And you instantly find the solution. Has that ever happened to you? You're lying if you say you haven't had that happen. (laughs) Okay. Um, what's, What's fascinating about that is that all it took was to just put it aside for a second and then relook at it later and all of a sudden that different perspective, boom, you see it, you see the solution and you know it and you move on. Sometimes that's what it takes. Number three, oof, tough one here, start over. Oof. As hard as it might be to scrap whatever progress you've made on something that you're working on, sometimes it's the best solution. Sometimes you just got to take a break. You got to start fresh. 
doesn't mean all the time and energy you've spent so far has been a waste. Um, on the contrary, once you start again, you'll find the best places to insert your old data into your new approach. So I've had this happen when I've, I'm actually working on writing a book. And you think the book is going to be about something. And so you put all this energy into this idea for, for a book, per se. And then you realize, you know what? I'm not feeling it. It's just not happening. And you start over. But some of those nuggets from your previous work can be included in a new venture. So don't give up. Don't throw anything away. But sometimes just kind of starting over is a good idea. And think about this for a second. Pray about this. Is it your idea? Or is it a part of God's plan? Okay. You really want to meld those two. You really want your ideas and your your goals, your focus to be the same as what God would have for you. But sometimes you have some ideas and you think they're like the best, but ultimately it's not what God wanted for you or or wants for you right now. So pray about it and make sure that it's a part of what God wants you to be doing at that time and at that moment. All right, number four, overhaul your routine. Are you stuck? Change things up a little bit and see if that sparks your imagination and your critical thinking. Routine is fine and it's good. It helps us to get things done efficiently, but you may have let bad habits or unnecessary actions creep in over time. Guess what, you Netflix binge watchers out there? I know who you are. Because you get stuck in watching an episode or two or three per day and you're stuck there for 40 days watching 120 episodes of Name Your Show, okay? Netflix binging has become a thing that people have inserted into their schedule, their routine. And guess what? It's a complete waste of time. And I'm not saying you can't treat yourself once in a while to a nice show or program or something to entertain yourself, but when it becomes a part of your routine and you're wasting your life away, check yourself a little bit. Change it up. Change it up. And maybe your routine is fine, okay? Maybe it's just fine, but you're bored. You're you're kind of stuck in it. Change it up. Inject something new into your schedule that gives you a boost. Set your alarm for 15 minutes differently and add something in to what you're doing. Do 50 sit-ups and 50 push-ups before you do anything in the morning. Add in a new idea. A number of years ago, my wife and I added in wine at nine. Now, we didn't always have wine. (laughs) Sometimes we just had a a cup of coffee or maybe it was a glass of of water. Um, And maybe it wasn't at nine. Maybe it was at eight. Maybe it was at 10.30. It doesn't matter, but we added into our schedule that we were going to be together and to connect, and we called it Wine at Nine. Okay? So overhaul your routine. Check yourself. Number five, attend a seminar. Attend a seminar. Educate yourself. Do something differently to learn something different. No matter what industry you're in, there are seminars, there are places you can go um, that will add to your experience and add to your knowledge base and give you new ideas and you'll be in a different place at a different time and you will be able to get re-energized. 
All right, I'm going to put in a plug here for a good friend of mine, Paul Reed. He runs a a wonderful um, event, once a year event, out on the in the Pacific Northwest. Now, this coming year, he's actually going to have it at at a new place for the first time ever in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's always been in Vancouver, Washington, but it's going to be in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho for the first time. I think it's going to bring more energy because he changed the location. Now, he changed it because... Uh, they're unable to, uh, the restrictions at the hotel that he normally has it at, the restrictions are so horrible that he he can't have the normal uh, amount of people that want to come. And so he had to change locations. And you know what? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be, it's going to be great. I can't wait to be there. That's, that's uh, Cairo Fest. Paul Reed, Cairo Fest. And I'll put in a plug for my own event. I have an event um, we haven't picked the exact date yet, but it's going to be in, I believe, in December and of this year, 2021, and it's called Cairo Life. So uh, Google us, find Cairo Life, and we'll have a fantastic event that's life-changing for you to participate in. Plan it. Make it happen. Make it happen. Number six, delegate leadership. Sometimes you've got to realize that maybe you're not the person that's going to get this job done. You may need to swallow your pride and admit that you're not the best person for the job at hand. Guess what? You're not the best at everything. That doesn't mean you're a failure, but it does mean that maybe you're going to be headed toward failure if you don't make a major adjustment. And sometimes it just means that you've got to give it to somebody else. You're not giving up. You're giving it over to someone that has a skill that needs to be used. And you know what? That's a good thing for you to let go. And it is a great thing for the person you give it to because they have an opportunity to prove that they are worthy of giving that big job to and that they can do it, and that you can trust them. They want to help. It's okay. By doing this, it's a sign that you're wise, you're humble enough to recognize that someone else should take the lead. Now, guess what? You get a chance to be a team player, and that's a good thing. Lastly, number seven. Look at your issue from God's perspective. God loves you and wants you to be fulfilled and wants you to live the life of your dreams. But God also wants you to focus on others and to pay it forward. And God wants you to have an eternal impact on other people. So, in your issue that you're wrestling with right now in your mind, okay, something that is holding you back, check yourself, look at it from God's perspective. Can you make a change to this so that you can be fulfilled? Yes. That you can be happy about what you're doing and how you're doing it, but that you can also be helping other people and that you can have an impact that will change the lives of many, many people and change those lives forever and eternal impact. 
So let's go back. Are you not on your knees thanking our God that you can take a breath? Because in watching my dad struggle to take a breath, I was humbled. And I was challenged to help him take more breaths, deeper breaths. And for the last week, we've been doing exercises where I've had him holding his breath and breathing in through his nose and breathing out through his mouth and having him hold his breath. Simple things that you and I can do so easily that we're taking for granted. But it's all about perspective. Where are you at? Boy, as always, you guys, I want you to stay hungry. Always be looking for ways to improve yourself and improve others and others' lives. Stay hungry. And as always, always, always pay it forward. Cairo Feast.